Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. Yes, it's me again by birth, Alex William Smith, but better known to many of you as the bad boy of British hypnosis, Jonathan Royal of MagicalGuru.com. As always, I am delighted to have uh, a guest who you will no doubt have already heard of. His reputation precedes him. Uh, but in case there is one or two of you who don't already know, well, let me tell you that Joe Vitale, or Joe Vitale, depending on how you choose to pronounce it, who you know from the secret uh, film and book, says that this gentleman is among the best in the world. Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank uh, said he is without doubt the best in his field. He uh, runs NLP training courses, hypnosis training courses, coaching training courses. He's the co-author of a book, You Can Attract It, with Frank Mangano. Um, you've probably seen him on TV, if you're, certainly if you're in America, a show called Millionaire Matchmaker, season five, episode seven, and season eight, episode four, just to make your life easy when you go on YouTube. Um, yeah, please welcome to the show, Dr. Steve G. Jones. How are you doing? Hey, great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, look, the first question I ask everyone is, there was quite clearly a time in your life when you weren't a hypnotist, when you didn't do all this coaching, NLP, hypnosis stuff. What's your journey that got you to where you are now? Well, it's been a long journey, as you can imagine, but uh, it's it's been a, a slow evolutionary process. I... Uh, my first large step into the world of hypnosis uh, on the professional scene was the first major step up, that is, was when I was in Los Angeles and I got my office in Beverly Hills. That's when things really started to accelerate. Before then, uh, being a hypnotherapist and renting offices was one thing, but then getting my own office in Beverly Hills, that established me as the hypnotist to the stars. And then from there, it was very interesting because I had that office for a while, but then this whole internet thing was starting. It's around the year 2000 to 2004. And I realized that I, I didn't need the fancy office anymore. I could just work uh, remotely on the internet. So I, I moved to Georgia and uh, bought a house there and started uh, segueing more into online. And the rest has kind of flowed from there. Cool. Um in terms of when you when you started out, I know you're on courses yourself now, but in terms of when you started out, what I mean, what you don't need to mention specific schools or anything, but what what sort of study route did you go down to before you went out there doing it? Well, my my path was uh, my background is in psychology, so I studied psychology at the University of Florida. So uh, they, I, I went to the University of Florida to study psychology just to focus on hypnosis. Actually, I was shocked to find out that there wasn't any course on hypnosis in the whole uh, program. So hypnosis is something that's taught outside of academia. So you're not, I mean, there are some schools of hypnosis, but they're usually not uh, accredited where you can get a bachelor's degree or a master's or a, uh, or a doctorate there. So my, my master's and doctorate and bachelor's are all in accredited schools and my hypnosis training is outside of academia. So it was just books that I had read and courses that I had taken, uh, sort of like the one that I offer now through the American Alliance of Hypnotists, uh, they are outside of academia. So that, yeah, by academia, just to clarify, I assume you mean, tell me, 
if, if I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for viewers at home, I, I think contextually you mean the so-called conventional educational system. Yes. And the reason I'm doing that, it's not that I'm poo-pooing the education system, although I kind of suppose I am a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's just that, frankly, when it comes to things like hypnosis, um, from what I've seen that they do include in some psychology degree courses, their information on hypnosis is quite a lot of it. It's quite frankly wrong, as any of us who work in the real world with clients will be able to testify so although they're perceived as conventional respectable academia it doesn't mean that actually what the teaching is necessarily right in the real world yeah exactly i mean i i don't have any experience with that because as i said they didn't teach me any hypnosis whatsoever so well, i don't know or you taught you study psychology and i'm sure well maybe you won't agree and that's fine because you're allowed to disagree um but i suspect having done conventional psychology training to degree level that you will have found that they have certain conventional psychology has certain beliefs that in the real world of treating clients with hypnosis and similar things uh you can get far quicker results often than what the conventional training says should be possible. Yeah, that that is quite true. In in some situations, that is true. For example, I have an example of that. I have a friend who I trained in hypnosis. He took my certification program, and he is also a licensed therapist in the state of California. And what he found is that he was not able, to, he was not legally allowed to use the techniques that I had taught him when he was seeing clients under his license as a therapist. So what he did, he talked to his lawyer, and so he worked out something like on Tuesday and Thursday, he would be a, a hypnotherapist, and on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he would be a licensed, licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. So things that he wanted to do that he knew when he was in those therapy sessions, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he knew that he could help them more quickly with hypnosis, but he wasn't legally allowed to use those techniques with those clients. So he had to only focus on them on Tuesday and Thursday. So yeah, there, there are a lot of things that hypno, hypnotherapists do that get things done a lot more quickly than a talk therapist would. But in many cases, a talk therapist is, is simply not legally allowed to use those techniques. So the therapy can be a lot more, uh, a lot quicker with a hypnotherapist because of all that. Just to clarify, that is definitely correct in America, which obviously Steve's over in the States. Uh, that is not the case in um, England. Hmm. You can, you, you can, in a lot of places in Europe, admittedly, you can't call yourself a, a, um, a psychiatrist because that's a protected title, um, or a psychologist because it's a protected title, but you can... But those people who are psychiatrists or psychologists in England, most of you, can quite happily hypnotise people, use techniques. and It's just different laws for different countries. So don't assume it applies everywhere. Check your own state laws. Mm -hmm. Don't blame us or anything we say type thing. Very good disclaimer. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I noticed what, one thing I want to I, I, – we're going to cover various areas during this, but one thing – that occurs to me, and let me say this straight up front, my view on this is 
that it is a great marketing plan. It brings the training to an audience who may not necessarily um, be able to afford it otherwise initially, which means ultimately it's helping way more people. But I know there will be some people out there, I know because I get it myself, and I follow much the same kind of path as you do, Steve, in that um, I sell sort of several layers of courses, introductory, next level, and then trainers, and they're all at highly affordable prices. They're not thousands upon thousands of dollars or pounds like a whole bunch of people out there do. But there's some out there, generally those people who are running those types of training organizations, um because they don't want to lose out on sales it'll go it can't be any good because you're selling it so cheap now i know that's nonsense and i know you know that's nonsense as do your students and the people who give you positive feedback but what would you say to those naysayers who may be watching this who haven't yet invested in one of your courses for one reason alone they've seen the feedback they know it's good uh but they think it's bloody cheap, that, $97 for that one. And the next one's $197. Um, it can't be any good if it's that cheap. I know that's not true, but there's some people out there, the only thing that's stopping them from getting one of your courses is that mental block. What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I, I see that. I mean, I'm human. I, I'm subjected to the same uh, laws of interpreting things as they are. When I see something that's really cheap, I, I think – that it's lacking quality also, because that's just the perception that we have. But think about this, um, you know, when we used to do video production, what I can do now with my with my phone uh, that cost me about $1,000, uh, used to cost about $50,000 if I, the technology that's in this, the, the, the video technology that's in this, it, it previously would cost about $50,000 between the, video technology and the broadcast capability that I would have to pay for to get access to all those markets that I can now that I can now access through through YouTube and Facebook and so forth I would have had to pay a lot of money to do all of those things but now I just get a phone and the rest of it's free the uh, the advertising's free that's because they've got a lot of people paying uh, paying a thousand dollars. So, you know, you think, why, why is this not costing $50,000? Why is YouTube not charging and Facebook not charging? They're free. Why is the phone only $1,000? Because a lot of people are using these things and there are other ways that the companies can now make money and they can make money in volume. So we make money in volume because we have so many people taking our courses. We don't have to charge these crazy prices. We don't have to charge thousands of dollars. We're not paying for a hotel room, for example. Uh, we're not we're not having to have you pay for my flight and my nice meals while I'm teaching you for many days. We're doing it all online. We also had one time production costs that were years ago. Those have been covered. So there's no reason for us to make the customers suffer and make them pay uh, extra money when, first of all, we don't need the money. Second of all, we make it up in volume. And third, we just want the information to get out to the hands of people who can use it. Excellent. And I couldn't agree with you more. I knew that was kind of going to be the answer you were going to give. Cause I, I, I've had the same approach since, oh God, I started marketing courses in about 1993. So it was pre-internet. And my business manager who passed away last year, Peter Hill, he, he, he always said when people had said, why is it so cheap? He'd say, well, it's like the supermarkets, stack it high, 
sell it cheap. He said, your richest supermarkets are the ones that are selling things cheapest, but they're selling the most of them. So ultimately, yep. they make the most profit. And it's the same thing. So do not be bought off. There is that old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it generally is. But there are actually times now, and Steve's just given you an incredibly good rational set of reasons why, uh, there are times when you can get incredibly high-quality content and information, and you don't have to spend bloody thousands and thousands and thousands of bloody dollars. Um which makes me logically have to ask you, why do you think there's still some people out there who, who are trying, well, they are to some degree being successful, but they're not, still having to charge bloody thousands for, for, for stuff that you can provide to people for $97 or $197, or if they buy both of them, that's like $300, and they'll have as much, if not arguably more usable, actionable content um than going over there and having spent thousands to get this apparently recognized piece of paper because i know that's quite often the angle they go oh if you if you if you do this it means you can join such and such a society and have the privilege of paying a yearly fee to be a member of it when it actually means nothing they may as well just get your certificate and have it on the wall it'll you know, I, I agree. And the membership is free. We don't charge a, a yearly Excellent. for that. Yeah. And it's lifetime and it's uh, search engine optimized. So people around the world can find the help that they need because we list people by their city and their country. Once they're certified in any of my different 22 certification programs. So, yeah, I, I, and I appreciate you bringing all this out, Jonathan. I feel that we uh, just like yourself are serving the market in a way that it that it needs to be served, which is providing high quality, low cost, affordable, accessible information. Excellent. I, I, I totally couldn't agree. But for viewers at home, I promise you I'm not on any commission. There's no kickbacks. That's the same way. I said that before in previous interviews. Any links you will find below are normal links. There's no affiliate bullshit. And if you're in any doubt about that, then physically type the domain name into your other window rather than just clicking on it. I'm blatantly telling you I am not praising or saying that I agree with this to make money. No, I just want to make it clear because, frankly, I hate the fact that so many people get ripped off thousands of pounds for stuff they could get, whether it's from me, from yourself, Steve, or I would suggest at least both of us and somebody else as well, because it's my belief that people starting out should study at least two or three different people and then find between those three different sources what works best for them, because not everything resonates with everyone. And I, I, I think as an industry, there's too many people out there, quite often the ones charging thousands, in my opinion. You do research on them, and they haven't really done anything of any particular note in the real world. Whereas if you do some investigation on Steve, uh, you don't accidentally get comments like, you know, the best in the business, one of the best. You don't get big names like Joe Vitale putting the reputation on the line unless the person's actually achieved something, which means you can learn something truly worthwhile by going to those links and studying the courses. 
So what what is different about your courses? I know I'm purposely asking you questions so that the viewers um, get to know. But I mean, because I know that you cut a lot of the crap out is what I want to say. But what what would you say in your words? I, I fully agree with everything you said. In fact, it's fascinating how interestingly we we both we both see the industry the exact same way from what I can tell. So I agree with everything you've been saying. And uh, I'm sorry, what was the, the most recent question that you asked? Yeah, but how would you say that to people at home? You know, I mean, I, I put it in that you cut the crap out and get to the point yeah, that okay, actually gotcha, works. Yeah. How would you explain that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I You know, a lot of programs, like if you study with uh, people, you know, bless their hearts, they're, they're doing the things their way. It's just, you know, when I go to a seminar, I don't want to waste any time. When I when I watch a how-to video, I, I don't want to hear the, you know, the backstory of the person or stories that are not necessarily related or stories that make that person sound good or cool. I just want the information. I just want to know how to get things done. And so that's what I bring to the table. So in my programs, I just hit the ground running. I just get started and here's what you need to know. And that's what we do. I, so I don't waste time with the, the crap, as you call it, the fluff, the, you know, the nonsense, the stuff that's extra, the filler, you know, that that's all removed. Which for people at home, and this applies to Steve's courses, mine, and there's a, there's a few other people out there that have got a similar philosophy. When you're looking at it and you go, right, so it's not just the fact it's cheaper, we've covered that, but you look and you go, oh, this course is supposed to be two days every fortnight, so four days every month for six months. But this home study version, there's only maybe 12 hours of videos. Hang on, that doesn't equate. Why 12 hours of videos compared to four days a month for six months? We can't possibly learn the same amount of stuff, can we? Well, I can tell you, yes, you can when all the crap's pulled out. But what would you say about that, Steve? Exactly right. I mean, it's kind of like when you boil down something. If you've got some kind of substance in water and you boil all the water away, there's the substance left. You know, if you do that to any of these programs, take away all the extra stories that they tell and uh, information that's really not helpful at all, uh, just things that completely waste time and just fill in the space, then you get down to just the essence of it. That's that's what I offer. And it sounds like that's what you offer too, Jonathan. And that's awesome because that's what people want. They, they don't really have the time to waste on, you know, in their normal lives, when their lives are working normally, they don't have time to waste on, uh, you know, these these filler things. They want the information. So if you take all those long programs that are over six months or so and you boil them down to just the essence, yeah. that's what I'm offering. Yeah. Um, so, look, for people at home, if you're seeing this in weeks to come, this will go live tomorrow. But we're recording this on the 31st of March 2020. I say that because some of the next five, ten minutes or so of conversation may seem rather dated. Well, I hope it's rather dated in at least in three months time. But it certainly will be in a year's time, hopefully sooner, three months maybe. But currently we have this coronavirus, COVID-19 crisis going on around the world and it doesn't matter whether you you know what you think's going on um a lot of therapists have suddenly found that well obviously the, they're under glorified house arrest you know lockdown we've got to stay at home so they can't go into their offices 
there's people going online saying, oh, no, that's it. You know, I can't see clients. More and more, fortunately, I'm glad to say, are realising, oh, yeah, well, actually, I could, thanks to things like Skype, Zoom and other video platforms. Um, do you do, have you got any amongst your courses and stuff at, at, at you cover being able to treat and deal with clients online? Absolutely. All, all of my courses do that. My hypnosis course does that. My life coaching course does that. Uh, all, all of them cover that because I believe that that's the efficient way to help a lot of people. You know, a lot of people get get in, into the model of, well, I have to see them in person to be a hypnosis session. You know, I, I don't I don't get that. I don't I don't see it that way. I think that uh, they can be done through video, through video conferencing uh, just as easily and, uh, you know, as well as they can be done in person. So I've I've always planned for this type of environment because I believe this is the future where people will not be in one on one sessions because it simply doesn't make sense and it's highly inefficient. Okay, so that's excellent because um, obviously at this time, as you're stuck at home, go to the link below. You can get the advice you require to be able to monetize your skills in the comfort, privacy and safety of your own home. You don't have to go bankrupt tits up as some people are, uh, are panicking all over the Internet, which I can understand. But please, as therapist, you're supposed to be able to take some degree of control of your emotions. And if you can't, do it in private, not on social media, because potential clients will see otherwise. Um, marketing is the key to a lot of things, obviously. Um, so if you're going to be offering online sessions, uh, I, 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 well, I know from myself, but I guess you'd agree that you've got, as long as you transmit that intent through your marketing, that it will work just as well as if they were there with you in the room, then the client that chooses to book, he's already in that mind state that they'll believe it. So thus making your job easier. Yep. Marketing in general or something, I mean, people will see when they look at your websites, they're all very slick, clean, easy to navigate and all that. Clearly, it's something you're very good at. Um, do you do all this yourself or do you have a team behind you? Well, my website is stevechijones.com. And from that, I run the American Alliance of Hypnotists and a couple other organizations. So that website I do myself. And that previously wasn't the case. I initially hired a a web designer when I had the first iteration of it in the year 2000 or so. I had my office in Beverly Hills. I didn't think I needed a website. I thought the web, you know, that might be a fad, the internet. I had an office in Beverly Hills 90210, you know, which in America is the, you know, that's the yeah. place to be serving celebrities and so forth. This And this guy came to me and said, hey, you need a website. I said, no, I don't. I'm in Beverly Hills. I'm in the Roxbury Medical Building. He said, yes, you do. So, I then got a website and we moved into into that whole thing and that uh, that definitely changed the uh, the situation quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, it seems similar timelines because I know the Internet kind of did exist years ago, sort of early mid 90s, but it only really generally like loads of households having it, it became sort of 98, 99, 2000, wasn't it? Right, right. Yeah, my my first, uh, you know, when I first got into it a little bit, I was, I think it was 1996 when I first became aware of this internet thing and what it could do. Late 95, early 96. 
But I wasn't on it then. Like Joe Vitale, he was on it. He was an early adopter. He was he was a go-getter. Uh, I came a little late, you know, year 2000. But, you know, even for people starting today, it's, it's never too late. You get on there and you show up with something powerful and people are going to respond to it. Now, you say it's never too late, and I agree, but sometimes I think you've got to sort of think outside the box because I'm, I guess, and you may tell me I'm wrong, I'm, I'm presuming things here be, purely because I'm verbalizing things I do, because I suspect you probably do them as well. Um, if you use things like, for example, uh, Facebook advertising or Google um, site placement and stuff to get your site found when people are searching for perhaps hypnotherapy training online or, or whatever it, be, it can become unless you really nail how to do it it can become increasingly more expensive because other people will also be bidding and it just the cost of ac acquisition cost of new customers to a website can become ridiculous if you're not doing it organic now it, it's easier for you uh, and, and me to a bit of a degree because we in our different circles have got a reputation we've built up over several decades. But for people starting out, what advice would you give to them that have kind of only been at it a couple of years? Well, I'd be really careful about paying for placement, you know, paying for clicks. Um, for my main website, stevegjones.com, I, I don't pay for any advertising at all. If you see advertising, it's for another site that's selling my stuff. You know, under license, of course, they're, they're allowed to do that. But for my main website, I took over the programming a few years ago. I, I, I was trained, at, I've been trained as a developer. I trained over the course of three years uh, daily and, you know, reading books and watching videos. So I'm, I'm all trained in that. And I... I'm responsible now for my main website and I do all the design on it. Um, and it's interesting, that's where I started because I didn't have the money to pay anyone to do it initially. So I had to do it myself, but I didn't know what I was doing in the year 2000. You can go the Wayback Machine and see how it was. Not not very enticing. But uh, then I hired a web designer, it got a little better, it got a little better. But um, I would say to anyone starting out that you're going to have to be where I am now, by choice, you're going to have to be there because you should be there, where you're doing everything yourself. And you do that until you find that there are things that you cannot do. You simply don't have the time to do it or you don't know how to do it. And, and you've, you've you know given it your best shot and you're just not good at that, that's fine because that's what you delegate out. But initially you should be attempting to do everything yourself and then also staying in the loop. If, some, if you're paying someone to do it, make sure you know how long it should take and what exactly they're doing and how much that should cost because costs have actually come down. Through globalization, the costs of outsourcing work have gone down. They have not gone up over the years. So graphic design, web design, these costs have come down. So you should be aware of that. And so, like when I first got started uh, in my website, year 2000, I paid uh, AdWords on Google. Mm -hmm. I, 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 gave, I lost $900 in like four days because I put it, I put the money in there and I, you know, set what I wanted to do and it just went right through all the money and I didn't get anything for it. That's when I realized that, you know, you need to be an expert to do that. Otherwise, you're going to lose money. So look for what's free. Look for, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Pinterest, whatever's next, there'll always be something next. And you want to make sure that you're on all of those things that are free 
And I think that's a good good smattering of the advice that I would give, unless you have any specific questions. No, I think, I think that's um, a cool overview, because obviously people want to explore things in more depth. They can go to the link below and uh, ex examine out the detailed courses where you elaborate on these areas, because we are limited for uh, time. So let, let me ask you a question that I'm sure will have jumped into the heads of people at home. Can you mention uh, earlier on that you used to be resident in Beverly Hills 90210? Uh, some people have seen the TV show. Yes, we are on about that kind of area of Hollywood um, where everyone wakes up with the makeup perfectly done and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by virtue, you get a lot of rich, famous, um, connected individuals living in that area. Um, so, therefore, logically, if you're living in that area, advertising in that area, there's a good chance that the clients you're going to attract are of that ilk, rich, famous, connected. Um, the question is this, because I have my thoughts on this, but maybe it's different in America than England. But in England, celebrities that I've dealt with over the years, I find uh, you have to... There's no nice way of saying this. You have to um, go about things a little bit differently than a normal member of the public. Yeah, I know what you mean. They, they expect to be, I mean, they feel privileged. Mm. And is that what you're talking about? The, the Yeah, they're wired up differently. Um, they either feel they deserve, you know, to be idolized, worshipped, and obviously the hypnotist, hypnotherapist role, you've got to get some level of authority to get the dynamic to work. But I find quite often as well that they come to therapists because it seemed to be the cool thing to do um, in the circle, or they do it to shut up a manager, a manager who says, hey, you're doing too much coke, so go and see this therapist. And they're shutting the manager up, but truly deep down they've got no real personal desire to actually stop taking the coke. Mm. for example um it's a different dynamic yeah i've seen that dynamic with uh with uh parents uh, a grown uh man his mom brought him in for for using crack actually mm. uh to my office one time and that's uh something i've seen but i haven't seen so much of the dysfunction in the celebrity world i've seen uh more of the hey, I used to make big movies and now I'm not anymore. Can you get me back in that? I need my mojo back, as they say. I need my focus back. I need to get back in the game. I was making 25 million a year. Now I'm making zero. So actors, when they work, they make a bunch of money. When they don't work, they make no money. Mm -hmm. So mostly that's what that's what I've dealt with. But yeah, there is that. You, you touched upon something that's very important when working with celebrities or anyone with an authority status. Uh, which is you have to establish that dynamic. I'm in charge. You listen to me. That's the dynamic to establish with someone who do it being the opposite way that they're in charge. You listen to them. So number one, realize they, they want to be told what to do. They want to be they don't want to be bossed around in a, in a harsh way, but they want they do want you to take control because that's what they expect. They don't want you to bow down to them. They want you to tell them what to do because they've humbled themselves to come in there. 
and they are they are looking for that. So I start right away with the, the standard hypnotic type stuff that we do in the office, you know, giving them directions, you know, sit here, move over there, do this, do that. You're getting compliance from them, which is which is very essential uh, when working with a client, as you know, Jonathan, because then you're segueing into the hypnosis. It just makes it easier. They're already used to taking your commands. So you have to kind of turn that up a few notches, but not to the point of being offensive or rude. Excellent advice. Um, yeah, that, I, and we, you explained that better than me, frankly, because that what I was getting at might be a different dynamic. You, you've got to, almost get them into reacting like an it sounds offensive to celebrities and it is i'm sorry but um you've got to get them into more of a normal member of the public state of mind because the for whatever reason whether it's ego or success or whatever often a little bit elevated or, or they think they are so that excellent advice um what's the most unusual thing that you've ever been presented with by a client obviously you can't mention who the client is we get that but yeah well it was uh it, it was when i had that office in beverly hills uh i had a, a lady who came into the office and she uh claimed that she had been impregnated by aliens and uh yeah okay. so i i asked now she interestingly enough she had children she had Physical children who, you know, we could all observe and see, okay, those are, those exist in what we consider reality. Uh, but these pregnancies that she had were not, she said those children were not a result of these pregnancies. She said she'd been impregnated by aliens uh, numerous times. And, but the logic didn't really flow from there. They, there wasn't a birth, there wasn't any evidence of it. Uh, I wasn't quite clear on what happened. So, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge, uh, nor am I a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so I don't diagnose. Uh, I just deal with what shows up. And so uh, I, I, I dealt with that. But that was very, as you can imagine, just, you know, hearing it, uh, it's, it's tricky. It was a, it was a very yeah. tricky situation to, to deal with. I mean, how would you deal with that? Was it, well, well, I mean, was it? Well, you don't want to. like grief. She felt that the alien babies had been stolen from her um no it, it wasn't that yeah see it didn't really go anywhere the the story that she presented didn't really go anywhere there was no birth there was no uh miscarriage it was just she was impregnated by by the aliens and apparently when an alien impregnates you in her mind it it doesn't really lead to an actual birth it oh. more, it's more of a perhaps metaphysical uh, situation. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I do know that it didn't follow the normal course of events in her mind. At any rate, there I was, uh, and I, you know, as a, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so I couldn't say you are blank, uh, you know, psychotic or what have you, because I'm not equipped to diagnose. She didn't want a referral to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, even though I felt that would be the best. So I had to deal with it, and what I really gave her was just the peace of mind to be calm because I think a lot of it was anxiety related. She had a lot of anxiety about various things in her life and uh, about men in her life and about her children and about the pregnancies she had had. So I, I, I went in from that angle of let's just have you calm down and relax. 
Excellent. Nice one. So I'm going to try. I'm just looking at my notes down here. Uh, I know you have, uh, as well as the courses on your website and stuff, you co-authored a book with Frank. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Mangano. Mangano. Yes. He's Mangano. coached me in, in how to say his name properly. Man, Mangano is the best way. Code, you can attract it um, on the law of attraction and stuff. Tell us a bit about that book that people can find on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Frank Mangano and myself. Uh, he's my business partner. And in fact, he uh, he runs a lot of my promotions for my hypnosis audios. I've known him for uh, close to 20 years now, and he's a great guy. And uh, around 2008 or so, we got together and, and wrote this book. And it took us uh, a couple of years to, to write uh, from beginning to end. And it's just a story of where we came from and how he and I living two separate lives, going through two separate types of situations. He was a bus driver in Brooklyn making $300 a week. And uh, he wanted to uh, change his life. I was a successful hypnotherapist in Beverly Hills. We start my story from there, you know, and you think, how could it get better from there? Well, it got better when I moved to Georgia, stopped that stressful life and focused more on the online stuff where I could be relaxed and help thousands of people instead of just one person an hour. And so it just it just follows that interesting trajectory of this guy going from being a bus driver to a multimillionaire, me going from very successful to being successful and at peace. Excellent. Excellent. So with that in mind, you mentioned you now at peace. Um, it's an interesting, interesting and very powerful and emotive word that um and from what i just heard you say that's come about through creating multiple streams of effectively autopilot passive income that once you've made the 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 stuff and it's out there in the digital world that we live in that even when you go to sleep tonight people in another time zone can go and sign up to one of your courses and start studying them stuff what advice would you give to the viewers in terms of utilizing their skills knowledge and experience to start on that path to building their own streams of passive income yeah whatever you've got you can turn it into a program doesn't matter what you're good at if you're good at uh you know claymation making claymation videos i was talking to a claymation producer last night that's why it's on my mind if you're good at uh, making paper airplanes, if you're good at directing movies, if you're good at writing books, it doesn't matter what you're good at. Whatever it is, there's a market for it. Someone wants to learn what you know, as long as you actually know how to do something. So if you do know how to do something, first of all, sharpen that up a little bit. Make sure, you know, study up on the on the latest and greatest. Make sure you know, know that subject very well. And then just get started. Just start producing programs on that. Because a lot of what people take for granted when they know how to do something, uh, other people just don't know. So even if it seems basic to you, people need the basics. You know, people need to start somewhere. So they need that information and they need more advanced information. So just like Jonathan and I have done, if you have information that's on a topic, any topic, sharpen it up. And then start making videos and audios and ebooks, and you can sell them online. You can advertise free 
Like I said, I don't pay for any advertising these days. And you can just put out videos and post things on social media, draw people to what you're doing, have some free giveaways to get them more interested, and then offer your, your, your programs for money, and people will respond to that. Excellent. Now, I've asked this question before. Well, I asked this question the other day to um, why am I having a mental head blocker? Glenn Harold, who is the United Kingdom's uh, best-selling audio self-help author, sold absolutely millions upon millions of self-help hypnotherapy tracks. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked him. I believe that they work as long as the person buying them is in the right state of mind and believes that they will work. But I know there's a lot of therapists out there. I see them bitching forums sometimes going, oh, I, I can't believe such and such has brought out this audio hypnotherapy track and uh, it can't possibly work. It's not the same as them being there in the office with you. And personally, I think that if the client believes it will work for them, that it can be potentially life changing. Uh, what, what's your views on that? I, 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 uh, I, I do see the point that the person mentioned, and I, I charge a lot for an in-person session. So I charge quite a bit for that, but I don't charge much for an audio. So I always say, you know, maybe, maybe you're right, maybe they're right, maybe it's less effective when you're using an audio that's a generic audio without your name versus a session where they're using your name and it's tailored to you. I get that. However, think about the, the difference in energy you have to expend and money. You have to go to that office. You have to reveal your deepest secrets to a, a stranger. You, you know, you have to make time to do that. Um, you know, you, know you, you have to go through traffic and find parking and all that versus you click a button and you download something, you listen to it, and maybe you have to listen to it longer. Maybe you have to use that in conjunction with some other things but at least you didn't have to do all those other things. And if it does work, look at how much time and money you've saved yourself and you've gotten the results. So I, I see the point of the person. I, I do consider that to be potentially valid. But and I also see your point, Jonathan, which is, yeah, that's what that's the essence of hypnosis. If you it's kind of like a placebo. If you believe in it, it's going to work a lot better. And so that that helps also as long as you believe that you're going to get there. Uh, you're go you can potentially have the same exact results with an audio as you can with an office session, whether it's by believing it more, whether it's by using it more, whether it's by using it in conjunction with someone else. But you've also saved a lot of time and money when you do get that success. Yeah. I've just had a thought, and it only entered my head as you were speaking. And I don't know, somebody may already be doing this, and if they are, they wouldn't tell us anyway, because that would defeat the object of its effectiveness. But if you get a, 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 a certain script or whatever it may be, I mean, I have a thing I call complete mind therapy that's worded in such a way that the client fills in blanks so they think in their head it's specific for them. But a stage right. beyond that, if you had a script, once you've recorded it once, say your smoking cessation, when this day and age Audacity software is free, you could charge more than your normal generic recording by having a bit at the beginning and end where you actually do mention their names. So psychologically, it seems it's been made specially for that person. But if you only say the first name, once you've done it the once, you've got that name on file on your computer. 
Um, so you've only got to take the ball eight to record their name once. Your middle bit's the same every time. So it's only going to take you maybe two minutes to record an intro and outro with a name that you haven't already got on your computer system and then just run it through to make a final MP3 file that you can store on your external hard drive so that when another Dave asks for that recording, you've already got it. But as you go along, you build up more and you could have more specific sounding recordings. Yeah, you could absolutely do that. I had an app developer approach me a few years ago about that very concept. And oh, in programming, right. cool. yeah, in programming, it's fairly simple. It's just concatenation for those programmers out there uh, where you're taking that audio, audio file and you concatenate it. And that means you just add it to like, hello, blank. Uh, it, so it'd just be you're adding the the blank part, Dave or Bill or whoever, you know, you build up your library over time. So I think that's that's a wonderful idea. I haven't done that because uh, I, I don't really have a, a reason why I haven't done that. But what, what I do instead is I offer custom audios where instead of just putting their name in there, we're putting a whole middle section of their information in there. So I charge uh, a bit more than than the normal recordings, but not as much as an office recording for that customized audio where the middle part is all about exactly what they're going through. And I get that it's information. A questionnaire, I guess, do you? Questionnaire. I also have a half hour session with them where I, I talk to them and they get to tell me what's going on. Uh, the one I had with a gentleman recently, the most recent one I did a couple weeks ago, we actually ended up talking for an hour because I had to drill down a little more deeply. But I get that information out of them and I put that in the middle. So I, I think that for me, I feel better about that than just putting their name in there. I feel it's a better service. Uh, when we're making a jump from generic and they don't want to go to office session, I think that's the middle ground for me is that that type of customized session. Cool. Excellent. All food for thought. Um, I'm looking at my notes. Um, do, 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 do. You've explained things so well, Steve. I'm looking here at my notes. You've already covered that. You've already covered that. Um, okay, yeah. Not for the reasons of being purposely controversial, just because it's something that people so often misunderstand, I think. Because um, you, you have Law of Attraction courses. And Law of Attraction, there's a lot of people out there who go, what a whole load of bunkum if it worked, given that The Secret sold millions upon millions of copies worldwide. Why aren't there more millionaires or rich people, you know? And my, my, my personal view is, is because it's the same as with self-help books. Most people are kind of in a comfort zone that they want to feel like they've done something, but then they never actually take action. Yeah. That said, there are other reasons as well. Um, so from your point of view as someone who, who runs Law of Attraction courses, what do you think it is that actually stops people from manifesting what they want in their life, even when they've looked at things like The Secret or your course or whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like, I think of it like some giving someone a car or someone buying a car. It doesn't mean the car is going to drive itself. You still got to get in the car and you've got to drive around and make things happen. So people sometimes fail to realize that part. It's not a magic wand that's being waved and suddenly everything's done for you. It's just positive beliefs being put in your mind that you can act on, but if you don't act on them, you're not going to get anywhere. So I think that's the part that people miss. And Lisa Nichols, and I, I've talked with her, Lisa Nichols, who was in The Secret, 
she used to have people come up to her all the time and say, I want a genie. I want a genie. I want like in the secret. I want the genie yeah. to come out. She started doing talks. I met her in Costa Rica about 10 years ago, and she started doing talks. And the first thing she would say is something along the lines of, there is no genie. There's no genie. Doesn't exist. The genie is just a representation of the manifestation. But the manifestation comes from you having those positive thoughts and then getting to work doing those things. Mm. I remember, I can't remember who it was, uh, but I remember a famous person being interviewed on uh the Parkinson show, which is an English chat show, uh, famous presenter called Michael Parkinson, and he asked this celebrity, he said, oh, you know, you've done TV dramas, you've done films, you've done variety theatre, seems whatever you do turns to gold type of thing. And the answer, and it seemed a bit glib at the time, it was only a while later I realised how true, you know, true it is. He said, you know, the funny thing is, I became so the, I became more successful the more action I took and the more effort I bought in. Funny, huh? Yeah. And, and at the time I thought, you what? And then I thought about it and I thought, yeah, in other words, what you've just said is you've actually got to get off your ass and do something. Yeah. It's like the old saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. You know, luck can happen randomly, but normally what we call luck is just the result of being in the right place and being well prepared for the opportunities that may present themselves and being in a lot of the right places. So what, I mean, obviously, you've part answered it there. Those are the kinds of things you will show people to be more aware of in your law of attraction course. But what 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 kind of areas does it go into? The law of attraction, I... I do that with Joe Vitale, Dr. Joe Vitale, who is in the movie The Secret. So we created that program together, Law of Attraction Certification. So he brings the metaphysical side, the Law of Attraction side. I bring the, the psychological side, even though I'm not a psychologist, but I come more from what we might call a psychological side uh, with my undergraduate and graduate training in psychology. So I'm more focused on the mechanics of your subconscious mind and how if you if you train it in a certain way it will act that way uh the reticular activating system which you know we can train it to look for certain things in the environment we can train it to look for positive opportunities or negative things so why not focus on positive things so i bring the simple mechanics of what we might call the psychological side to it have you ever read um Sure, you probably have. Uh, why am I having a mental block day today? The Master Key by Charles Hanney. Yeah. I believe, yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the ones where all this started off, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's you know, back in the day, this is uh, around 100 years or so that that, that, that came out. So that was uh, maybe even longer than that. But the, the idea is timeless. You know, this is something that pops up every now and then, which is, you have the power within yourself to change. So, we, you know, the master key came out a long time ago and then the secret, eventually there'll be something else that's a big hit and it'll seem like new stuff to everyone. It'll seem like a, you know, a revelation. Oh my goodness, I, we didn't know this, but people just tend to forget it. And so every now and then you get this, uh, this big reminder, but it's the same stuff 
that we've always that people have always been talking about, which is you have the power within your mind to create your reality, to control the narrative, to get yourself from where you are to wherever you want to be. And I'm going to say I'm finally because we're coming close to the end. Um, going back to your hypnosis type courses and stuff. What do you make of, you know, I'm not going to mention names because that, that wouldn't be fair, but the, the, practically every day it seems a new modality is invented by somebody or released after, you know, their advert will say after years of testing it in the field and you researched them and that person only bloody learned hypnosis themselves like two years ago. So God knows. Um, but, you know, false advertising claims aside, there's new modalities getting released every day, different names. And yet when you look at them, the truth is, if they'd studied, like, I'm not necessarily just your basic therapy course, but that one and the, the, the next one up, so the $97 and the 197 one, if they'd done both of them and really paid attention to them, the truth is they don't need any of these fancy name courses over here because they already would have the knowledge to be able to work out how to do the same process themselves if they desired. The only thing they end up buying is a, 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 a bit of paper with a logo on, a marketing angle, which they could come up with themselves. What's your thoughts on that? That's so true. I mean, that's exactly how I think of the whole thing. Uh, I always tell people hypnosis is very simple. You know, it's a very straightforward procedure. Uh, there's not there's not a whole lot to it. But sometimes people think that in order for them to sell their program, they have to have something different. They have to have something unique. Uh, this is specialized hypnosis or ABC hypnosis or, you know, whatever they come or, you know, NLP has the same issues. Neurolinguistic programming, they, they come up with different types of it. But the, the essence of it is is still the same. So, yeah, I don't go in for any of that stuff. I keep things very simple. I'm a very simple, straightforward person. I like things cut and dried. I like just the facts. So I respect the uh, the client, the customer in that regard, and I expect to be treated the same way, although the market doesn't usually present things that way. Yeah, it's always this the, the latest uh, way to do things, but it's unnecessary. I think it's a waste of time. Uh, it clouds people's perception. It makes things seem confusing. It makes things seem a lot more difficult than they are. It may make the presenter of the program seem cool or very knowledgeable or what have you, or it may distinguish them as, you know, they're the inventor of this, but this didn't need to be invented because we already had the main, the main stuff. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, and finally, and we are at, and finally, if you could only recommend three books, and I know there's thousands of books on the planet, but if you could only recommend three books to the viewers um, I'm going to say hypnosis in general, and by that I mean it doesn't matter what area of hypnosis, and it might not even be about the techniques, it might be about marketing, who knows? What would your, what would, what are your top three valued books that you'd recommend to viewers? Well, definitely, if, if we're talking about hypnosis, I'll give you one hypnosis book and then a couple yeah. others that I think are valuable in general. So if you're just to get one hypnosis book, I would get the, uh, that the big we call it the the red book you know the thick red book by uh, Cordion and Hammond I think it is I, I forget the exact names of the authors but we call it the the big red book um, I think the author is 
there's the name Cordion and the name Hammond in there. And it's a book of hypnotic suggestions and metaphors. And it's by a lot of PhD psychologists. And I think they have a few MDs in there. Are you Googling it at the moment? Yeah, because I'm having a mental block myself. Hypnotic inductions and metaphors. It's the ham yeah, and it's got handbook in the title. I remember that. Hypno handbook of hypnotic suggestions and metaphors. Yes. Uh, the big red book, Dr. Croydon Hammond and Harold B. Krasel Neck. There you go. What he said. Yeah, get, we just call it the big red book in hypnosis. So we all, you know, we're all aware of it. You're, you're aware of it. And everyone's, yeah, everyone in hypnosis. Big red book, though, yeah. Exactly. That's what we call it. So get that because it is, a, it's a nice, like an old time uh, Los Angeles uh, phone book. It's, yeah. it's got a lot of stuff in it and it's good stuff. And it's checked out by a lot of uh, very knowledgeable people. So in hypnosis, get that. Uh, that's a go-to that every hypnotist, starting out should have in their library to access uh, when, for script ideas for, for hypnotizing people and for understanding the science behind hypnosis. Um, outside of that, just books in general, I recommend Siddhartha by Herman Heese. Uh, that's, a, a, that's a philosophical book where uh, this guy named Siddhartha meets the Buddha and he goes through the spiritual journey. So for me, that's just always been a very powerful book. So Siddhartha is a great book. And also the richest man in Babylon. Yeah, excellent. I don't. Have you read that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, it, it's just a really good, solid book about having a good, solid um, financial understanding of of life, and uh, other good lessons are in there. So the big, the big thick book, the big thick red book by uh, the hypnotic guide to uh, hypnotic suggestions, I believe it's called, and the richest man in Babylon and Siddhartha. Those are my three picks for books. Excellent. And it jumped into my head when you went from Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, similar vein, but slightly different. I would recommend The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Can't remember the name of the author, but if you type in The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari in Amazon, it will pop up. So there you go. Something to keep you busy until the next episode of Hypnosis Week while you're on lockdown. Get on Amazon, uh, order them. While you're there, have a look at You Can Attract It um steve's book with frank mangano uh and of course look at the link below stevegjones.com look up the courses that we've talked about and uh, we'll see you on the next edition of hypnosis week thank you so much for your time sir it's been an absolute pleasure same here jonathan thank you